Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So it had just been over a year. Like, I remember I had been hand tweeting, it would be like 11.30. Oh wait, I have to send off the tweet like to remind people to go to sleep. <laughs> I would like roll over and like send the tweet. And I realized after a little bit, it was like, I'm really tired. This is AJ Delario, and this is Really Good Shares. And you just heard journalist and writer Karen Ho, better known as the Doom Scroll Lady on Twitter. More from her in a bit. This is a podcast that wants to expand the definition of recovery and talk to people who will share their stories of hope and perseverance and hard-earned wisdom that will help me find a place in this cold, cold world. Today, we're talking about the internet. In particular, can someone be emotionally sober and spend any significant amount of time on the internet. But first, let's define what I mean by emotional sobriety via Scientific American. Emotional sobriety is learning to regulate the negative feelings that can lead to discomfort, craving, and ultimately relapse. Doing so is a lifelong project and requires cultivating a whole new way of thinking. That sounds about right. So for today's episode, we're going to do something different. We're talking to Karen about doom scrolling, but also our listeners called in to reveal some of their own awful internet tendencies that they've been ashamed to admit. Like this. 
over the past 15 years, probably since social media existed, really, I have used it to obsessively stalk the women that the men that I dated, dated before me, the men that I liked dated instead of me, the men that I dated but got rejected by went on to date after me. I'm constantly turning the dial up or down on parts of my life. I'm always taking notice of my behavior and my emotional sobriety hinges upon one question. Am I trying to change my feelings? But first, Karen. Karen Ho is one of the most accomplished and dogged reporters working right now. But she's gained some notoriety as the doomscroll lady. Now, there's an irony to that fact that we'll address later on in this episode. But for now, let's talk about what she's created to help people who spend too much time on Twitter and to help them be more healthy and human. I am... For better or for worse, unfortunately known as the doomscrolling reminder lady, uh, having written uh, several hundred, if not thousands, of reminders to help people go to sleep and drink more water and gradually decouple themselves from the act of unspecified scrolling through their phones, whether it be uh, social media platforms like Twitter or news feeds. Okay, so the doom scrolling term, I didn't invent it. I have been credited by like dictionary.com and like Merriam-Webster and a bunch of other places as basically like blasting it into common usage. Like because I started doing the reminders and then within a week, the LA Times and Merriam-Webster said it was like a word to watch. And then like the New York Post and Business Insider started saying, oh, there's this reporter I just got mentioned over and over and over. Like, even around the election in 2020, people were saying, like, if you need something, if you're worried about the election, like, follow Karen, like, you know, to stop doom scrolling about all the um, nightly debates and things like that. I don't doom scroll anymore. That's really good. (laughs) Now I'm in the process of kind of bringing my own self off of the internet a little bit, right? And it seems like you need to be on Twitter in order to kind of promote yourself get jobs, be part of the discourse in any way, shape, or form. But it kind of fucks people up, too. <laughs> it's, not, it's not great that I feel like there, there should be a stop button. You seem like the only stop button right now. I accidentally created a utility for people. Right. <laughs> people are realizing more and more loudly that the promise of social media or this connectivity is actually really hurtful and people are trying to figure out how to manage it or decouple themselves from it. Yeah. Do you have to basically stop being the doom scrolling lady in order to help your own doom scrolling? Yeah. (laughs) In 2021, I actually taught myself how to code and coded a bot. People are like, you shouldn't have to think of this as a responsibility. I know enough HTML and CSS to know like what command lines are and you know, if-then statements. And so I could figure it out. And so I just looked at my archives. I looked up all my old doom-scrolling tweets, and then I dumped them in. And then every so often, I'll go in there, and I'll manually tweet something. But most of the time, it just runs by itself. But I think it's mostly about the fact that, like, I just become really tired of doing it myself, like, manually. Concerned friends had encouraged me to, like, write a bot. And there were increasingly people who said, you know... 
I think the cliched line about like, put your oxygen mask on first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We appreciate that you do this, but do not feel obligated to do so. And the fact that you are able to use very simple technology to automate this. Right. And still provide that utility without feeling the manual responsibility is really, really helpful. And uh, that bot has increased significantly in popularity. Actually, over the holiday period in the last month, it grew from 20,000 followers to 55,000 followers. <laughs> it has become more popular than me. Just like a... I become the bot. <laughs> There's a, a rich irony that the bot has more followers than she does. Like famous people follow the bot too. Like uh, coveted blue checks and stand-up comedians and, and movie stars. It's almost like a Black Mirror episode. Because remember, the bot was created because Karen needed to rest but then the, the bot has got more notoriety than she has and that's kind of what people use Twitter for to begin with, right? Just to get noticed and, and validated. So it sounds to me like Karen, the, the doom scroll lady who's helping other people be healthy on the internet, is still struggling with that concept. The ironic thing is I have not stopped giving interviews, like at right. least once every two or three <laughs> weeks, like, you know, from places like The Guardian and stuff. Yeah. Um, and people, it's an ongoing issue where people are trying to figure out that mental health is still a concern as the pandemic keeps dragging on. Yeah. You know, I finally did the pandemic thing and I adopted a dog. Moving back with my family, they they really don't care about Twitter. I tweeted about this. My family cares more about the treats that I brought back from Trader Joe's than the fact that Monica Lewinsky follows and retweets the doom scroll bot to them that was much more <laughs> important that i brought back dog treats yeah then uh, that Patton oswalt's you know has four million followers but he's a you now he's following the doom scroll yeah but that's the thing is it's like famous people struggle with the same things too it was really humbling to see that talking to karen i was wondering when I first started using the internet, was I doing it in an unhealthy way? Or did I become unhealthy later on and now that's normal for me? Or did I get more unhealthy over time? I don't remember what's normal and what's unhealthy. I think that's what I'm trying to say. What I discovered about my social media usage and my early internet usage is how I've never once allowed my true self to exist on it. Like, I've been extremely online for close to 25 years. My first journey into my dark half was during the early 2000s when I took on an alias on a poetry message board. Yeah, I know. Uh, with the handle plush. Later on, one of my hobbies was creating aliases and email, pranking people online. Like, there was a Johan Moore and John Defla and Lon Tither and Len Talbot. All figments of my imagination whose only purpose was to overcompensate for my inability to be authentic. Johann Moore, in particular, involved a really disturbing bit of play acting. He was the poet laureate from Charlotte, North Carolina, who would submit pathetically dim-witted poems to various online literary publications. Poems such as, Your Thighs Are Like Cold, Cold Ham, was one of his most famous ones. 
<laughs> well, she actually received a very nice weird rejection letter for it. Most other people ignored them, right? This is something I actually did. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't even post or engage in any way on Twitter, yet according to my iPhone stats, I'm on it like an hour per day. Just checking it. But for, for what? But some of you called in. You have your own issues with the internet. And here are some of them. I'll be four years sober in early March, and I definitely have a complicated relationship with the internet, namely social media. I am in that place right now, like I was with drinking, where I know I have a problem. I know I engage with this thing, social media and Instagram in this case, more than I want to or is probably healthy. I'll delete the app. I'll set rules. And yet I can't totally walk away. And I tell myself it's complicated because I have made actual sober friends through social media. I host a weekly meeting that was formed through Instagram. But I also keep saying maybe this is just a fucking excuse I am making to engage in this behavior. I've always been addicted to the internet. As a kid, I'd hang around AOL chat rooms. One time I mentioned I was six years old and someone stopped replying to me, to my surprise. Later it was Napster, Yahoo, AIM, FanForums, DC++, BitTorrent, and eventually all the current centralized garbage. Girlfriends lament my time on my phone, though that's how I met each of them. I delete the apps occasionally and trudge through the woods or stare past people in cafes. Any more analog hobbies? I think a modular synth can fix me. I've been off Instagram for a while now. Um, and when I was on it, I, I didn't use it normally. I would barely post pictures of my children or me doing anything fun. No trips to the beach or no selfies, no funny license plates or memes. Most of my posts were a weekly photo of Bradley Cooper dressed in Philadelphia Eagles gear. While I'm recording this, my iPhone says that today so far I've been on it four hours and 49 minutes. It says one hour and 54 minutes was spent on social, one hour and three minutes on health and fitness, hooray, and 28 minutes on productivity and finance. I have this portable Bluetooth speaker and it's always on. It's the first thing that I turn on in the mornings and it's the last thing that I turn off at night. And I'm listening to music and podcasts and audiobooks constantly. And I realize lately that it allows me to be distracted all day. I'm trying to use it less because I want to stay present. And it's very weird <laughs> to do all of these things now in silence. But I want to see what happens. I distract myself with the internet. I mean, we all do, right? I don't have any idea what's healthy internet usage and what's not. I mean, if I'm honest, the only thing I think is healthy is zero usage. Most of my use was for text message. One hour and 44 minutes, which... I don't know how that's calculated. But next is uh, Insight Timer, my meditation app, which has 44 minutes, but it's more like 20-something because I just 
left the timer when I forgot about it. Um, was on Safari for 30 minutes, Gmail for 28 minutes, Strong Lifts, this new weightlifting app, uh, 22 minutes. Shout out to Casey Johnson. Uh, Twitter for five minutes, and Wordle for 10, Wordle Archive for five minutes, Instagram for four minutes, Philly Sports Radio for three minutes, Sonos one minute. I don't know. I guess this makes sense. Doesn't seem like I spent half the day on my phone, but I do. So when I first got sober, I started doing a lot of online gaming and I would stay up all night until the servers went down at like six in the morning. And then I'd be severely depressed and like crawl into bed. Um, And then as soon as I woke up, I'd start playing again. So I have not always had the best relationship with online stuff, even though it wasn't particularly healthy. It was better than heroin and alcohol. Sounds like the majority of us are worried about our internet usage or we know that we're using it in ways that it wasn't intended. That's why I want people in here. I, I need examples of other people's usage. My average per week is about nine hours. Nine hours and 11 minutes per day. That's so much day. When I was in rehab, I didn't have my phone in my possession for almost two months. And when I got out and they handed me the plastic bag with my phone in it, I was excited to see what I'd missed. And guess what? I missed nothing. Nothing needed my attention at all. What a colossal waste of time. But yet, most things that I do for an hour per day are usually healthy things. Running, working out, going to a 12-step meeting. And if I did those things nine hours per day, I think that would be pretty healthy. Instead, I spend like nine hours on my phone. And that's on a good day. Bad days, like 13 hours on my phone. And most of the time, I can't remember anything I did. I've bought a ton of shit on the internet during the pandemic, and especially after my dad died. The unusual part is that I've been buying in my sleep. I'll get shipping confirmation emails and find things arriving at my house. I have no recollection of consciously ordering CBD gummies, compost container for my yard, some niche yoga props, a skull necklace from Sweden, cat furniture, mini cannoli molds, Han Solo and carbonite ice cube trays, a rug from Afghanistan with a helicopter motif. Sometimes I bid on stuff and sometimes click through ads. But part of me really enjoys the novel surprise of the things Sleepy Me picks out. Luckily, nothing too pricey has been bought, as Sleepy Me appears to be conscious of some kind of budget. When I was growing up and I used to watch television at late night, there always used to be infomercials. The one I remember the most is Tap Lights, which uh, seemed like this absolutely groundbreaking invention which were just these little lights that you would stick to the wall, possibly inside a a small closet that did not have a a light bulb in there. And they were like eight, nine dollars each. But if you ordered now, you can get two for the price of three. But I figured out how the internet works now. It's just there are infomercials constantly coming at you anytime you're on there. Like the shorts I'm wearing right now are by, I don't know, Weston, maybe. I don't know. It's a company I've never heard of. But Instagram told me that these shorts will lower my body temperature 
to the point where I won't sweat so much when I run. And I don't think that's true at all. But tap lights are a really great invention. Tap lights hold up. At one point, I tried the Alan Carr Digital Tech Addiction Program. If you remember, I used Alan Carr Easy Way Program to stop smoking. This was a five-hour video program that was available to use for 15 days. And uh, I tried to get through it twice, but I failed. I would fall asleep watching the video on my laptop. And my phone usage never went down. But I have eliminated a huge chunk of social media from my life. No more Facebook. I rarely use Instagram. And Twitter, well, I haven't tweeted in like several weeks. I don't, I don't use Twitter, but I, I read Twitter. And I read the same three people every single day. I, I like hate read what they wrote. So I have these minor resentments to them. That's healthy, right? I sort of grew up online. Um, and then I really spent like a decade online to have friends and meet people and get work. And then over time, it just stopped. It did. What was the point? It wasn't doing anything for me. So about a year ago, I just deactivated my Twitter. I don't check Instagram anymore. Honestly, it just doesn't have anything for me anymore that I can't get out of, you know, calling or emailing. So I just took the step back. Next time, we've got Swamp Dog, who does the music for this show. Uh, he tells us how he manages to keep writing and producing music, even though he's made like zero dollars doing it for the past 50 years. That's so harsh. <laughs> uh, this will be the last episode of our first season. Really Good Shares is hosted by me, AJ Delario. We're produced by Julian Willer, Jackie Huntington, and Jessica Kreinschich with production assistance from Lindsay Hoffman. Our theme music is Everything You'll Ever Need by Swamp Dog. Our executive producers are myself and Julian Willer. Special thanks to Mangesh Hatikater and Bethany Macaluso. An extra special thanks to Karen Ho for her service, not only to this show, but to the world. And also to everyone who sent in a voice memo. If you're on your phone, could you just leave us a five-star rating? Maybe a review? I hate asking for this stuff, but it helps more people find the show. This is a screwed up algorithm, because it should be just word of mouth. If you liked what you heard here, check out thesmallbow.com. That's bow as in bow and arrow. We'll be back next time with Swamp Dog to bring our first season to a close. I love tab lights. No, you can stick them in this corner. You can stick them in that corner. You can stick them all in like the closet. Stick them underneath this chair on this that I'm on right now. Say I'm in the swivel chair in a cave and I'm like, oh man, it's still dark in this cave, but I put a tap light underneath my chair. Click that. And look, I can see exactly 
where all the cave rocks are in the the bat droppings whatever's in caves we're in caves anyway next time we're really good chairs caves Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.